This is Flip Gordon, and you are listening to Wrestling POV Podcast. What's going on, everybody? It's MLW's Kiro Kwan, representing the Contra Unit, and we're here with Wrestling POV's Global Entertainment Podcast. This is the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, and you are listening to the Wrestling POV Podcast. What's up? This is Jeff Cobb. You're listening to WPOV Global. Hey, wrestling fans. Welcome to another edition of WPOV Global. I am your heavily isolated host, the legend T. James Logan, and with me, my also isolated in various forms across the continent, I guess. We have all the way from East Coast, well, not East Coast, but the East of Canada, we have the gentleman, Elio Canella. Elio, how you doing? What's going on? All right. our American brother down in Washington, D.C., Ant the Liberated. Ant, you still alive, buddy? Still alive. How's it going, gentlemen? Well, I got to tell you guys, I am going freaking a little bit uh, mental here. Uh, I have not left my home now in 10 days. <laughs> and uh, it's starting to get to me. I got to say that. That's going to get to me. Uh, how about you guys? Have you guys been a... Uh, have you have you been isolated very, really well, Elio? Have you been sticking with us? Yeah, outside? actually, yeah, actually, um, no one's uh, really gone out. We've only gone out if we have to go to grocery shopping. Otherwise, we've been in most of the time. All right, Aunt. Yep, same here. Outside of grocery store runs, in the house. Well, I got to tell you, up where I live, people, especially in my town here, we've only had like nine cases uh, since yesterday, and wow. uh, people are not taking it as seriously. There's still tons of people. You know, my wife has to work. She's in the healthcare sector, so she has to work every day. She's not going to be exempt for any of this. And she's like, there's still the same amount of people driving around. There's still people floating around out there. And uh, I guess until a whole bunch of us get it, I don't know if people are going to take it seriously. You know, uh, there was there was even a piece on the news today where our uh, our um, our minister of uh, of Alberta has said that uh, they're going to start issuing thousand uh, dollar fines to people who break the isolation thing. Oh, if you're not doing it for work or essential, mm-hmm. they're going to start finding you. Or if that's so. something like uh, what Ars said here, because I saw some, I saw a video of something about the COVID-19 uh, bill or something. Yeah. And I, I do they have something like that down in the U.S.? I haven't heard of anything yet, but they, the U.S. can definitely say to have something like that implemented. I mean, people are going to the beach. They're going yeah. to parties. They're going to these venues that call for a mass amount of people. It's like no regard for what's going on out here. I guess it's a good way to weed out the idiots. Um, <laughs> uh, wow. You know, uh, and last thing I'm going to say about this is I saw in the news yesterday in India, they are doing a an entire country lockdown as of yesterday. Anybody caught on the streets not uh, getting essentials are being arrested. They arrested like something like 500 people yesterday. They are cracking down hard on this because India is on the per- the the precip of getting like wiped out right now with this thing. So it, it's it's serious. So, but you know what? It's been a big crimp on wrestling. Okay, um, we're getting to that point where I think by next week or the week after, we're going to run out of taped wrestling. And most of the shows we cover have been taped, except for AEW. And I don't know how much longer AEW is going to be able to pull off this empty arena stuff because uh, you still need people in there to do this. Mm-hmm. So 
I'm not sure, you know, we may, folks, you know, we may go to a format for a couple of weeks where, or months where we end up just talking about wrestling every week and, and take things apart. Who knows? But we're not going to let it die. That's for one thing, okay? Uh, global is not going to die over this. We're going to keep going, and uh, eventually we will get out. We will open the doors, walk out into the sun, roll away the rock, as they said, and the angels let them out. That'll be us. All pale, and I mean, I'm already pale, so this is going to be even worse. I, I, mean, <laughs> I uh, You know, my family's getting a little annoyed at me because I said I am not going. Okay, I, guys who know me, you guys have seen me on the thing. Uh, you know, we see each other every week here. A lot of the fans know me is. I shave my head and I shave my face every single day. So usually I'm smooth, okay? This is day 10, and I told my wife, I am not shaving either of this stuff until I get it. My oh, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to see TJ with hair. <laughs> uh, well, patches of straggly gray hairs, yes. <laughs> but you know what, guys? There has been a bit of wrestling. We still have some in the can, and we're still going to be able to see some. And we're going to talk about that right now. Let's, uh, let's get into it. First of all, obviously, there's no big news to report because, well, there ain't much going on. However, we threw out uh, for this week our hot topic of the week, and let's let's tackle that now. And uh, next week, we'll be going along the same lines. And probably the third week, we might try a third one. But this week, it is who are the top 10 wrestlers in the indie wrestling? So that does not include anybody within WWE, including NXT UK, which we do follow. And who knows, maybe if this goes on longer, maybe we'll make UK one of the, uh, we'll talk about that one episode. But uh, today, that, that means we'll be coming across the continental US. Uh, we'll, I'll include places across Britain and New Japan. So uh, we're going to cover our top 10 now. At the Liberated has joined us for the, the last couple of weeks. He's, he's our new uh, host that's been in here. However, Ant is a very busy guy, and he started off by writing a column, which you can find every week on Facebook, his literary view of AEW, where he goes over the show and he talk, breaks it down for the good, the bad, the ugly, and he talks about the things he sees. Now, we thought it would be only fair, since he hasn't had a chance to cover a lot of the wrestling we've been covering, that in his, this top 10 list, Ant is going to do the top 10 AEW wrestlers, okay? And I'm curious to hear because um, I've got some opinions about AEW myself. So I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm curious to what this top 10 is. So, Ant, you take it away. You start your top 10 town. I'm not going to say a peep unless I totally think you've gone out to lunch, okay, buddy? And, and you might. Who knows? It's my point of view versus your point of view versus Valia's point of view. It's all point of views. None of, there's nobody's right or wrong here. Except me. No, I'm just kidding. All right. <laughs> All right, and take it away. Well, ladies and gentlemen, um, WPOV Nation, just to add an additional caveat to my top 10, um, looking at, you know, AEW and how they're really going into this whole thing of the ranking system and, you know, uh, making wins and losses mean something, I wanted to go outside of the box, if you will. So my top 10 is based on popularity, fan reaction, who's over with the uh, AEW community. So with that being said, here's my countdown. Coming in at number 10 is Luchasaurus. When I was in D.C., Jurassic Park came out, you know, during what was the AEW's inaugural uh, Dynamite episode or debut episode, and Luchasaurus did not appear. You know, us not knowing he was injured at the time, there was absolute disappointment. I mean, of course, the audience was still backing 
Luch of a steel backing Jurassic Express, but the feel was just different. I'm sorry, Luchasaurus is, is money for that group. People want to see Luchasaurus. Number well, nine. I, hold on one, uh, one second. The only thing I'm going to say is thank you. Thank you, Ant. Because every week you guys make fun of me when I say Jurassic Park. So to hear one of you say it, thank you, Jurassic <laughs> Express. <laughs> Usually I'm the one every week who calls them Jurassic Park. <laughs> I'm, 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 it's probably going to be my turn next. I'm going to end up saying it too one of these weeks. <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry. Number nine, I agree, but number 10, by the way. Hey, you spotted it. I can't believe you. All right. Number nine, Darby Allen. He's over with the skateboard kids he's over with the youth um even in listening to aew uh dynamite earlier tonight when uh cody was covering the allen um sabian match cody had made a reference to darby being i guess similar to seeing in that you know the young kids you know the kids love them yep. they're coming to the arena with the faces painted you know uh, uh like darby mm -hmm. allen so he came in for me at number nine Number eight, I went with I went with Pac. I think he's over. He's probably the third biggest heel in AEW. Um, you know his his uh, bastard like ways are over with the crowd to the effect where whenever he comes out, you know he's going to do something that we're not going to care for, and the AEW community lets him know it. My number seven is Kenny Omega. I mean, because he's Kenny Omega, he's over nationally, internationally. He's a big name and has been that for wrestling for some years and um you know even now it, though even though he is one of the i guess seasoned stars with aew he's still over with the aew audience uh number six is john moxley i will probably if i had to i guess rank it he will probably be the third most over face um you know coming from how things went with wwe and how he wanted to you know, I guess exercise or utilize his creative juices. People are glad to see he is where he is. And even going into him becoming a champion, it was probably, I guess you could say he was the most white hot face at that moment going into him getting that belt. Uh, number five, Orange Cassidy. Anybody? <laughs> I know, TJ, I know, but you cannot deny how over this guy is, as you said, with the uh, with, with Generation Y. Yeah. They understand him in the ways that we don't. And, and his, if I'm not mistaken, his shirt is the number one selling item for AEW, if I'm not mistaken. I may be wrong. I'll go back and check. But I'm almost certain that is the case. Number four, Adam Page. I say that because a lot of people gravitated to Stone Cold Steve Austin once upon a time, him being that anti-authority figure who, you know, did not meet. Vince McMahon's corporate image, if you will, Adam Page is the same way. He's going to have his drink. He's going to do what he wants, how he wants to do it, and he's not here to meet or fit anybody's mode of what he should be. Number three, MJF. The heat that this guy has, to me, it can't be denied. And for him to even take it so far as to flip the bird to a kid and an autograph is signing, did he go too far? You could say that, but this guy truly believes in kayfabe, he truly believes in maintaining his gimmick and not breaking character at any cost, and he's doing absolutely that. Number two, Cody Rhodes. It's safe to say that outside of Moxley, he is the top face in the company. I mean, the reaction that he gets when he comes out, the promos that he cuts, him, you know, throwing his weight belt, you know, into the audience, and then even the interaction that he has during commercial breaks and intermissions, the people absolutely love him. Number one, and I may get some pushback from this, 
but whenever a heel enters the arena in his song, his song upon entry, week in and week out, you have to recognize the pull that this guy has with an audience. I mean, Judas on my mind is the hottest interest thing to me in all of wrestling. So with that being said, Jericho takes the number one spot as far as most popular wrestling in <laughs> Okay, okay. Like I said, this is our point of view. We're going to put these all down. And uh, I, you know what? It was interesting to see uh, your top ten and how mine, like, of course, we're going to have some some guys. And it was interesting to see how we had different points of different guys and stuff like that. Um, I'm going to say uh, Jericho's not even in my top ten. So, but then again, I'm rating a different criteria probably than you two, and I'll explain what mine is. Okay. And like I said, with the way you've rated your criteria, yes, I agree with you wholeheartedly. All right, Elio, what was your criteria, and what is your top ten? Um, I just, uh, I don't really, I don't really have a criteria for my top ten. I just uh, pick your point just, of view. Yeah, Fair I enough. got a couple of uh, MLW guys and um, a couple of AEW guys. Okay, let's hear them. Let's let's go with your top ten, buddy. So number, number, 10. number 10, I, in, the, in number 10, all the way at the bottom is Jimmy Havoc just because I can't stand him. He's even in there? Okay, Jimmy Havoc. Wow. Okay. Uh, number, nine, number nine was uh, Colt Cabana. Colt Cabana. Explain this one for... Uh, um, well, uh, it for was Tony, like, anyways. It, 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 was like you, it was like you were saying. Uh, we don't really have the same hatred that they do over WPOV. Like, I don't okay. really care. For me, it's just there. Okay. That's number eight, Brian Pillman Jr. Okay. Because, uh, yeah, even though it's stupid, he went Rick of the Year twice in, the, twice in a row, but, like, he's not that, it's not that bad. It's just, he's, I've seen him improve. Okay. A- Anton, you know you got that crazy look on your face. We're trying to figure that out, too, is he was named uh, last week <laughs> the Rookie of the Year yeah. for the second year in a row. How I'm in the fuck sure does that, that happen? I thought only one year, y'all thought only your initial year, your first year makes you a rookie. See, That's this, what we all thought. Welcome to the wrestling world. This is perfect. Antoine just joined uh, the WPOV Global. Say he wins Rookie of the Year this year, so he's going to win it again next year. Well, there's only three of us. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's we but can't yeah, figure it's that out. Stupid, like it's weird. You know, you is it okay if I ask you to uh, go over your criteria for your top ten once again, please? I, I don't he know just said it was a oh, point of view. Oh, my own POV. Oh, it's your own POV. Gotcha. Got yeah. Right. I put the next with Zenchi because even though he, he's always losing, hmm. but he's, uh, he's pretty good. Like, I, he's, he's uh, exciting to watch in the ring with all his uh, high-flying moves. Okay. Then I have Adam Page for the same reasons Antoine said, because I'm a fan of Adam Page as well. Then, oh. Uh, what number you at? Four. Top okay, four. four. I put Matt Hardy. Oh. We haven't seen him even wrestle for a while. You must be a good impression on you. <laughs> well, I just don't know. I, I kind of like the whole gimmick. Like, some may think it's uh, tired and getting stale, but, like, he always fine. Sorry, <laughs> right, that's me. <laughs> he always, I don't know. It seems like he doesn't really, like, evolve, but it's just there. I've always just liked the broken gimmick. Then we have Jake Hager. Okay. Our number three is Matt Warner. Oh, yeah. The Southern Psychopath. Yeah. I think we're starting to see the Matt Warner that we first uh, saw when he debuted. Yes. I'm going to have to say I agree with that. Although, although there's one thing I do miss is the knee pad going up and the knee pad going down. He did that once last week. Oh, he did it once? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen this, Antoine? His uh, big finishing move is, and he explained it uh, with chalkboard. As he came out and uh, showed how he would do all this stuff. He would drink some light beer. He would kick some ass. Then... He would go into the corner, 
take his knee pad, lift it up, and then pull it down. <laughs> it sounds ridiculous, and then you see him do it, and you laugh, but then watch, also watch him mess up somebody, too. So it's not good. Now I have to tune in for no other reason than Yeah. And then uh, number, number two, I have Kenny Omega. Yeah, okay. And my number one, because I just don't know, I like this guy. Like, he just find him entertainment, Sammy Guevara. Wow. You, that that was out of left field. Yeah. I got to admit, I, I like Sammy Guevara. Okay. Yep. Okay, so, so folks, my, my top ten list is a combination of things. What I took was, first of all, a wrestler making an impact, and I don't mean that as a pun, but making an impact within the company he's in. What his chances of upworldly mobility is. Is he a wrestler who's going to be making more and more of an impact in his respective company? Is he a guy who's uh, done much in his company? Is he a guy who I could, and I'm always about work rate, so is he also a very good worker? Is he also have some kind of context with the fans? Uh, like anyone with the X-Pac heat, you're gone. Um, <laughs> so for me, it was a combination of these things. So you have the number one guy is the guy who I think encapsulates all of the best he does for his company. The guy who has uh, the ability to be on top for a long time. The guy with the most uh, recognition from me and from fans for not only his skill, but his, so the, the complete package of wrestler within that context. So in this state, we're going to go into my top 10 list really quickly here. Number 10, my only entry from ROH, Jeff Cobb. The amazing Jeff Cobb, uh, incredible uh, talent. Um, I really think we, we saw a little taste of him in AEW. Maybe I'm hoping he'll end up there more for a more national scale. I think this is a guy who has great charisma, skill. He has the look. He has the believability of a badass. He's still and, not signed, is he? No, he still is not signed. Um, so I put him at number 10. Number nine uh, from New Japan, Tetsuo Naito. Uh, Naito is all about uh, the fans just follow this guy for his every move. He's he's like kind of like those guys who seem like there's not a lot of substance until you actually really look and then you realize, okay, he does have a lot of substance, but he's cloaked himself in such pageantry that he's beating the crap out of guys but looking really cool doing it. So uh, he's definitely a guy with a lot of upward mobility for his uh, company. And number eight, the current MLW champion, Jacob Fatu. For a 350-pound Samoan to be able to do backflips off the top rope, that's pretty incredible. He's probably one of the most agile big men I've seen in a while. Contra Unit, his, his uh, group that he's in, is probably one of the coolest bad guy units out there right now. I don't think there's – they make, you know, uh, the inner circle and those other guys kind of look like chumps. These guys look like legitimate crazy terrorist badasses, and that's what's kind of cool. At number seven, Cody Rhodes. I mean, Cody Rhodes is, you always get quality in Cody Rhodes matches. They always look good. He carries himself like a main event guy. Um, my only reason why he's a little bit lower than some of the other AEW guys I have on here is the fact is his charisma is not as big as some of the other guys coming up on this list. Okay. But he's good. He, he's definitely one of the best guys out there. Number six, Adam Page. He hasn't really developed the personality enough yet but the fans freaking love him and he's big and he wrestles and he puts on a show. That's pretty darn impressive. Uh, the only thing I don't like about Adam page is that the way he ridiculously uses that running shooting star press off the apron onto somebody running around as a transition. move. seems like a lot of great dangerous work for a move. That's only a transition move. So that's the only thing I find ridiculous there. Number uh, five, Mance Warner. 
Okay, uh, the Southern psychopath, he makes me laugh, but then he goes out there and he delivers. His matches, unfortunately, you know, he went a couple months there with the Jimmy Havoc blood matches and we've seen him doing ridiculous things like getting his tongue stapled to things and mm -hmm. all kinds of crazy stuff. But the dude can really wrestle and he's pretty entertaining, okay? He's sort of like Stone Cold's older drunker brother. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> you can imagine. Except he um, drinks light beer. Except he likes light beer. I, I'm sorry, that's the American thing I never understand, the light beer. <laughs> Antoine, someday let's sit down and talk about that. Not right now, but let's someday sit down and talk about this light beer crap. All right. Um, number four, Kenny Omega. Um, you know, he had a rough start here in AEW. He was doing a lot of goofy crap. He was hard to take serious. The last couple months, or last couple weeks, at least, at least four or five weeks, he's really upped his game, and he has been wrestling as the Kenny Omega that I remember from New Japan. Um, I don't think he's quite corrected with the fans as much as uh, my, my next AEW pick, but he's right up there and he's starting to get a connection with the fans and I can see it coming. I can see it coming. Number three, I'm going to pick as my number three pick is probably, I think, the best technical wrestler out there in all of, uh, in all of the independent circuit right now. And that's uh, Davey Boy Smith Jr. from MLW. Here's a guy who's legitimate MMA fighter. He fights in Japan in MMA matches. He's also trained in multiple um, martial arts. He's been trained in the dungeon in Calgary. He's one of the last people to compete there. He also is six foot seven and weighs like, you know, what does he weigh? Like 265 pounds. And I don't know if you guys have noticed lately, but he has been, if you see pictures of him, he's extremely muscular and cut because now he's promoting an all plant diet. And uh, he said it's done nothing. And he does look pretty much, pretty incredible. He's got to work on his uh, charisma. He's definitely got to work on his uh, promos, but you will not find a guy who will give you a more exciting match against anybody. He can adapt to any kind of wrestling style that's thrown against him. And I think that's pretty cool. Number two, and I know uh, Ant, you, you'll already, you're going to say disagree with this, but I think that the number one over guy in all of AEW is John Moxley. I think the fans are rabid for him when he wrestles and let's face it. He delivers big matches. Okay. They're not the prettiest. <laughs> he's not the most technical guy in the world, but he really has now, he, he's trans, he's gone past the whole, uh, for a while it seemed like they were trying to package him like Stone Colder in a way, and he's found his own way now. He's really upped his game, and I think that when you see a John Moxie match, you're going to see a hell of a fun fight, and you're probably going to see him do a lot of stupid crap he doesn't have to do, but he's going to do it because he's dedicated to being the guy, and I think that's a thing we got to look at, the drive this guy has to want to be the guy, okay? Number one, well, a lot of guys are, you probably saw this coming if they followed our show before the whole COVID virus thing. I'm going to have to go with Kazuchika Okada. Okada from New Japan is, is the, probably the most talented wrestler. I, you know, he has, he's the, you know, sure, Davey Boy Smith Jr. has that uh, technical. And sure, you know, John Moxley has the way of gathering the fans. But Okada is sort of like a NASCAR man. He's getting the points from all the different categories and no one touches the end product because he's got the whole package at a super high level that just puts him heads and shoulders above everyone. And uh, you cannot go wrong with an Okada match. I mean, I mean, you seriously, how many other people can you honestly guys say you could sit through an hour long match and not be bored shitless? You know, I've sat through many Kenny Omega and Okada matches and uh, Okada, man, that guy delivers. So Folks, that's my top 10. We're going to post our three top 10s uh, underneath the description of our video here when it goes up. 
And uh, we'd like to invite you to post your top tens. And if you really agree with something that we've touched on and some of the wrestlers we've touched on, or you disagree, by all means, write us and tell us. We're curious of how you people see all of the independent wrestling scene out there. Now, we're gonna move on to AEW Dynamite. Yeah, little Jimmy Walker there. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I had to make it sound exciting because there was no one in the audience. And <laughs> okay, so we're on second episode of AEW with nobody in the audience. And uh, you know what? Wait, wait, no. We touched on something quickly before we started our AEW. Nobody in the audience. Uh, I believe, uh, Elio, you brought this up in our pre-talk, and I remember seeing it, and Anton hadn't seen it yet. Uh, a match released by Joey Janela and uh, his company, which mm -hmm. was supposed to be some kind of, I, I guess, a fun poke at the whole situation. And it was a sort of a, um, an, 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 what would you call this even? Um, a look at the quarantine, a look at isolation with wrestling. And uh, the whole point of it had two wrestlers, Joey Janela and another guy, wrestling each other. And it was sort of a pure comedy bit where they didn't even touch each other. They were across the ring pretending to put holds on each other because it was a self-isolation. And at first saw it, I laughed a bit and thought, oh, that's kind of funny. But I'm going to say why, for me, this just like was the stupidest thing in the world. I get the fact that you're trying to poke fun at a situation, and that's good. I do too. I have no problems with that. However, in poking fun at something, there is a difference between parodying something and then outright, in a way, mocking it without even realizing you're doing it. And what am I pointing at is if when you watch that video, you hear they are showing us the, the importance of self-isolation and having a fun, but then you cut into the audience and there's all these idiot wrestlers sitting together on the stage or sitting together in groups, and you're like, okay, if this was some kind of commentary on something very serious, you guys have just turned it into an ugly joke. Yeah. Like just hanging out and coughing all over each other like a bunch of stupid people are going to end up with this thing. I thought that was irresponsible, dumb, and not very funny. Like I didn't watch the whole thing. They just had like a clip up that I saw, and it was just – so I probably missed uh, – they probably didn't show the audience, but – in the clip I saw, like, uh, I forget who it was, uh, had his hand up like that, like he was going to choke slam him, and then the other game just falls back onto the mat. Yeah, you know, it was a comedy thing. Does, you know, and hearing this sort of thing, right, uh, do you feel this is the kind of thing that uh, exposes the business to a farce, to make it seem like a farce, or was this just good fun, this idea? I think not only does it expose the business to a farce, but then you trigger people that are sensitive. Somebody may, you know, get wind of this, see this, and then they will question Joey Janela's regard for the situation and regard for people who are actually sick or, you know, loved ones of people who are actually sick. And, you know, they'll question his regard or his respect for those that are really, you know, feeling the, the, the brunt of this pandemic. Mm -hmm. Oh, very much. I, I, and I agree with that. Like I said, it would have been a funny thing if I think they didn't need to show any of the audience. It would have been extremely funny just to see the clips of them and the thing. I'm like, okay, that's cute. They're playing along with the isolation thing. But to see them so disregard each other's health in this time that, let's face it, uh, this is not a joke anymore. People are getting it left and right and people are dying. So to be so cavalier and ridiculous about it with your portraying of the crowd and stuff, took away the funniness and just left a bitter taste in my mouth. And it's the kind of thing I think where if you were a non-wrestler and you had turned this on, you would have not found it funny. You would have found it extremely reckless and stupid. And I think that was a mistake. Okay. Sorry. It's not that I hate Joey Janela, but he's sure not making it easy to like him. Okay. 
All right, let's get into AEW Dynamite. And I'm not going to do the Dynamite thing again. Okay, with that Dynamite. No, sorry. Um. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I wish the fans could see the ridiculous things we're doing in the background with each other. You know? <laughs> All right. Why don't we start off? Okay. We start off. I'm not even going to go into uh, the preamble in the beginning. We start off with a Cody versus Jimmy Havoc. Okay. Um, first of all, why in the hell is Jimmy Havoc even getting a chance to fight someone high-ranked as Cody? But, oh, well. First understand. of all, Elio, your thoughts on this match? Well, at least at least so we didn't see uh, a lot of the crap that he usually uh, pulls off with all the staple gun and blood and stuff. So that's that was a plus. So he, we actually got to see him wrestle without all the crazy stuff. Okay. But, um, yeah, otherwise, so- uh, for me, it was... Okay, it was Jimmy Havoc, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I'm not a fan of Jimmy Havoc. Okay. Ant, what do you think of this match? Um, it's, you know, just to echo what you said in your top 10 countdowns, Cody Rhodes just has good matches. It seems like even when he's paired against someone that we may not be a fan of, I'm not really a big fan of Jimmy Havoc either, but they were able to come together, have a good match, and the only thing that I felt was missing from this, again, some sort of run-in, with Lance Archer, who both he and Jake the Snake made it clear that Cody Rhodes was the target of his, but yet he's nowhere around to further escalate any type of tension between the two. So I'm just confused and baffled as to how much longer they're going to drag things out before we really see Archer really have again AEW. Okay, I don't get this. Like You introduced him like this early. You brought him out. So- so now they like, just like work with it. Try to like uh, try to um, save this one because I felt like it was too early to uh, introduce him as the as Jake's client. Okay. Um, this match uh, it was a little flat for me. I mean, it wasn't horrible, but there really wasn't a lot going on here. Well, you know what? I thought this match actually was kind of flat. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of Jimmy Havoc. We've gone over that many times. Um, but let's face it. Like we said, Cody always makes somebody look a little bit better. And uh, at least he made Havoc look like a credible jobber. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> which is probably a nicer thing I've ever said about him. <laughs> but you know what? Ant brings up a good detail about, um, about Lance Archer. And uh, I guess we get answered after that. We go to a video message from Jake Roberts, uh, sitting around the campfire, <laughs> stove fire, sitting around some fire, Talking about Lance Archer, and I got to tell you guys, as much as I'm a fan of Jake Roberts, this wasn't, for me, the particularly the best uh, promo. What do you guys think? It most definitely paled in comparison to his debut promo. Elio? No, the debut promo was way better than this one. Yeah, this one came off, and it's sort of funny. Like, I, This whole approach just seems so weird. Like, Jake Roberts, who's always built his career on being like a snake. He runs in, attacks, boom, he's there, right? they're dragging and dragging Lance Archer forever to come out. And then they don't even make uh, scary th- uh, threats or anything. Mm-hmm. He begs for one chance <laughs> to show Lance Archer. And I, 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 I kind of dug this w- with Cody's response to this, where he was standing there and he was like, Oh yeah, big spoiler. Okay, fine. He's coming on next week. Oh, that'll you know, but it came across as kind of realistic. Like he kind of had it with, with Jake's bullshit and it got under his skin and he's like, okay, bring him on. I've had it. Let's do it. What'd you guys and think of that? He, and then even the part of, of Jake's promo where he says, I'm still paying medical bills for the guys that Archer beat up recently. 
Okay, I don't know what that does to and I am but we could have went without that. Yeah. I think sometimes in his attempt to be ultra realistic, Jake also just goes ultra the other way. <laughs> you know, like we're really supposed to believe those guys he beat up in that vignette that he had to pay for the hospital bill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. <laughs> okay. Um we then go into uh, Kip Savian versus Darby Allen. Mm. Well, first of all, there was a kind of a weird little Darby Allen uh, video thing. Um, I've been up and down about the Darby Allen videos. Kind of found this one a little bit interesting. What do you guys think, Elio? Yeah, some of uh, some of his um, black and white nets have, have been like confusing lately. This one wasn't bad though. This one was pretty good. All right, Ant, what'd you get out of it? I was good too. It told me that he is setting the table for his ultimate attack or, or, or approach towards the inner circle. You know, sitting them all at the table, it's time to feast, and then he douses the table with the gasoline and lights it on fire. So it suggests that he is really going to go at the inner circle hard. Now, my hope is that moving forward, what he actually does matches what that vignette suggests. Okay. I know when I saw this, my first thought in my head is, man, I wish they had taken in Darby Allen instead of uh, Matt Hardy into the into the elite. You know, mm-hmm. he just seemed like a better fit. I don't know. But uh, okay, the match: Kip Sabian with uh, Penelope Ford taking on uh, Darby Allen. And what did you think of this match? Well, it was a good match. Um, I liked the interference from Penelope Ford, but I just felt like it ended a bit abruptly. You know, with that. Uh, what, what was that called? The, um, I guess the, the... The Last Supper. <laughs> the Last Supper pin that he executed. Yeah, I thought it was an abrupt finish. I felt like the match could have gone a little longer. But otherwise, it was decent. I just hope that we can see something out of them a little more and they're not handcuffed the next time. Okay. Elio? Yes, yeah, it was an okay match. Um, it wasn't uh, bad. It wasn't good. Um, I'm a, I'm a fan of Darby Allen. I thought uh, he did well, but we could have seen more from this guy. Well, you know, I'm going to agree. I thought this match was good. I think this is the best I've seen Kip Sabian in a while. Um, he hasn't. He just sort of seems like a mouthpiece. Um, it was funny. Uh, the replay of him being uh, punked out by uh, Cabana was pretty funny. Making yeah. him look like a bitch. Um, I got to give a weird thing is I always find it weird. Like I like Penelope Ford and I think she's very attractive and it's cool to have this pretty um, valet type thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I find it very ineffective when it's a woman wrestler who's your thing, because I, I, I had no problem when she grabbed uh, Darby's foot and he pretty much kicked her and sent her flying. (laughs) you know, some people would be like, but it'd be like, no, she is a woman wrestler who kicks ass and she is interfering and she got kicked in the face. Like she deserved, you know, she knew better. Um, so I, I don't think it's a good thing to have her interfering in the match things because uh, it's too justifiable to kick her, to punch her. You know, she's a women's wrestler. She's, you know, she was just competing in the top contention matches last week. Yep. So it's not like you're with Miss Elizabeth or somebody who's like, oh, crap, I would never hit her. Well, that would be horrible of me, you know. Uh, so I kind of kind of irks me to put her in that position of being an interfering type thing. You know, unless she's going to go the full scary Sherry Martell route where she's going to take a few bumps and punches in the face in the ring during her interfering, you know, that I could handle. Okay. Okay. Uh, Darby, I'm glad he's back. I think he should back off on the coffin drop now and then. I like this, The Last Supper. 
I loved how um, Cody Rhodes made fun of the fact it was called The Last Supper. He's like, oh, where I'm first from, that's known as the, and I can't remember what he said, the, the Gibson something or whatever, which I thought extremely funny. Um, but uh, that coffin drop is a horrible, scary move that you're going to break your neck if the people don't catch Yeah, him. it's good to see him uh, not do that for a change. Okay, so moving on, um, Jake Hager versus, oh man, whoever thought Chico Adams was going to win? Did anyone have him on the over-under? Nobody. No, he didn't even have himself on the over-under. <laughs> okay, Elio, what did you think of the squash of a squash? Uh, Jake Hager, no. I'm not, not, not a fan of Jake Hager. Uh, I, I didn't like this match. Okay, uh, Anton? I thought it served this purpose. Um, no, you're trying to, I guess, elevate Jake Hager as the next contender for Moxley's belt. Have him go win. Squash Chico. What is his last name? Adams. 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 Oh, yeah, wow. Chico Adams. Yeah, look at that. But, um, yeah. And so afterwards, you have Moxley come out, and then they have their interaction and run in with one another. So I think it serves the purpose of elevating Hager as the next contender for the belt. So I think it worked. Well, even for a squash match, I found it kind of boring. Yeah. However, I very much enjoyed uh, Jake Hager's entrance music. It gave a feel of MMA legitimacy badassery to it. I don't know. Yeah. He seemed a bit of a badass before he got in there, you know, with that music. Um, Chico Adams, um, I feel bad when you see uh, uh, poor Mexican guys who have, what's that skin pigment problem when you turn all white? Um, the red eyes. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of thinking maybe that's what he was, that he was just a Mexican guy with a bad white skin condition. Because uh, come on, Chico. Anyway, he did not uh, – he looked pretty lost out there. He looked like he was off to the slam, the slaughterhouse. And, yeah, he got slaughtered. Um, the only gripe I had about this whole thing was it really didn't make Hager look all that badass, <laughs> the actual match. <laughs> you know, I mean, he got the pin, but it's not like he was like – a destructive, scary monster. He just looked like a big guy who got the pen, you know? Uh, the confrontation with him and uh, and um, Moxley was kind of funny because when Moxley came out and then just gave him the DDT right away, I thought, oh, crap, they just killed their number one contender. But then he jumped up and did the ankle lock. So, okay, maybe there's a little bit of legs there. And I think it'll make a good foil for Moxley because uh, Moxley right now is in the mode where he needs to punch somebody a lot. And Hager's a big boy, so he looks like he could be, looks good taking a lot of punches. All right. Uh, okay, moving on. We had, uh, what did you guys think when they got into the Brody Lee vignette of him sitting there at the table eating steak with Silver and uh, Reynolds, I don't know, looking like uh, chastised daughters before the prom or something that was, like that? That was kind of a, not a weird promo. What did you think of it? Was it effective? Did it work for you? Did it not work for you, Elio? Uh, I don't know what to think. Uh, for me, it didn't, work, it didn't really work for me. I was like, okay, we're supposed to see this guy be like the exalted one, the leader. But I don't know. Like from this vignette, I didn't get that. It was okay. just uh, it was really odd. All right. And? The vignette to me rung a tone of decency and order as in, if I go, so goes the dark order. So moving forward, it'll be interesting to see if that's the angle that they continue with where, you know, he is the driving force behind the dog order and it goes and he goes, or will they somehow drop the ball on it and, you know, the push moving forward is inconsistent with what this vignette suggested. Okay. Um, I found this vignette weird because, first of all, I thought Brody Lee was perfect for what he was doing. I thought Reynolds and Silver were perfect for what they were doing, yet there was a, a disconnect when they interacted with each other, it just didn't come off as 
the cool creepiness it should have. It just came off as a petulant, angry older guy. <laughs> you know, it, <laughs> especially the sneezing when yeah. I think Reynolds was it or so. Yeah, it was Reynolds. Reynolds when Reynolds sneezed, like believes like stood up and like started freaking out. It sent them away. Yeah, it just I guess maybe he looked really cool. Like Brody Lee captured the danger until he started dealing with them and then it just seemed like it was acting again. And maybe that was they need to work on that. I will say this, I was shocked to see Brody Lee in a blazer shirt and tie. Like I was expecting something more gothic or yeah. you know, something along the lines of I guess like uh 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 like the Undertaker's Midians being hooded in a deep, mm-hmm. dark, you know, secluded area. So that setting was a complete surprise. I, yet, I'm going to say I liked it because I, I was going to say if they were just going to make him a ripoff of Luke Harper, come out with a greasy shirt and blue jeans. And <laughs> I, I, I yeah. was re- really hoping they wouldn't go that route. Right. It is a bit disconcerting at first, but it is a whole new way. And, and I think I liked it a bit. I liked it. Um, the match next, him and QT Marshall. Did, no one in the world probably thought QT Marshall was going to win that. I'm pretty sure that apple he ate was I'm pretty sure much Cody thought he was going to win. Oh, even yeah, Cody wrote it and he was still cheering on for his money. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he'll make a mistake. Um, uh, first of all, I want to like QT Marshall. He seems like a nice guy, but he really just comes off as really bland in, in these yeah. matches. And uh, Brody, Brody looked big. Lots of that kicking thing, eh? He does, it seems like he's really dedicated to running and kicking someone. Um, also, the fake uh, Sister Abigail setup. Into yeah, that's what I was talking about last week. Yeah, second week in a row, he set up to do Sister Abigail, then picked him up and did uh, another move. And yep. uh, it, it seems they're taking every chance they get to, to spit at WWE, because not only did they do that, but once again, they played the little soundbite of him saying, I'm used to old men who don't believe in me. So, okay. Um, I think it's time to let that go and forge your own way. He's got a new look. He's got a yep. new thing. Let's make that work. Ant, what are you thinking about this match? And, and Two things about this match. I thought it was good because, you know, it served the purpose of elevating Brody Lee's character as the lead of the Exalted One, you know, legitimizing him. Um, two things that stood out most to me about it was one, QT Marshall did get off two offensive moves. I wasn't expecting that. I thought it was going to be a complete mm-hmm. score box. And two, no one Brody Lee's size should be doing Eddie Guerrero moves. Him doing that uh, springboard or, or that springboard senton. Oh, the next senton, yeah. Below that Eddie, as Eddie uh, Guerrero called it, God rest his soul, that was quite impressive to me. And I'm like, that to me was a sign that AEW has taken the cuffs off of him, which WWE once placed on him. It looks like they are really going to allow this guy to hit the ground running and just go full with no restrictions. And I'm looking forward to it. Excellent. Elio, it was a good match. Uh, it was good to see Brody Lee uh, put, uh, have the spy on him for once. Okay. Um, let's move on next to uh, the main event. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the prestigious AAA. <laughs> I can't say that with a straight face, really? sorry. It's uh, really that prestigious. Song. No, it's not at all. It's really hard for me to even say that, okay? <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure uh, Ant was the champion before I was. Okay? <laughs> we felt this belt. I mean, that doesn't tell you how prestigious it is, okay? Um, the AAA Mega Championship. Uh, Kenny Omega putting it up against Sammy Guevara. 
Now I'm going to let Elio start because we obviously number one on his list. He's got some love for Sammy Guevara. Okay, this is uh, like, this I don't know. This, this is a pretty good uh, main, main event. So I, I like Sammy Guevara. What I like is um, I like how there was no no one in the crowd. Yet he has his friends in the crowd. <laughs> yeah, he drew those pictures. <laughs> yeah. Now, did you recognize? Did anyone recognize? Like they said later on, uh, like Cody figured out finally with the one picture that said Captain. Did you guys catch that right away? Because I did. I, I realized it was the Chris Pine, Captain Kirk uh, picture that he had drawn. But uh, it seemed like Cody could not get off who the hell the captain was <laughs> through that whole uh, match. Yeah, I, I didn't feel right away until, he, until Cody mentioned it. And, and then uh, I don't know who, who's the middle person supposed to be. Did, did anyone, did they ever mention who that was? I couldn't. Oh, the oh, one that just said friend was it Jericho? No, that couldn't be. I don't know. I, I couldn't figure it out. I know they had brandy on there. Okay. I know they had brandy. They had brandy after all that crap last week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, give that voice some balls, okay? Yeah, and then the creaky tongue kiss of 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 brandy combo kiss. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, this is crazy. Okay, Elio, go on with your breakdown of the match. Okay, so uh, yeah, uh, like that's all I've got. Is it was a great match. I thought uh, that that part was entertaining. Although I don't know what to think about um, the they had everyone in, in the backstage room. This, this oh yeah, week. gambling and yelling and yeah. I mean, uh, last week they had everyone in the crowd, and that, then this week they had in the back room somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> I guess they're just trying to throw throw something against the wall, see if it sticks. Ant, what do you think of this match? So the match in itself, I thought was good. Um, I liked how the progression of the intensity between the two as the match itself progressed. I even liked how you know Guevara teased him possibly winning the Mega Championship, and and you know unfortunately he was unable to. But the two put on a good match, and it took. Omega, what, four to five V-triggers and then the one-wing angel for him to finish Guevara. So I really like how they, you know, sold us or, or, or told us the story of how, you know, Omega is really going to have to do some work to put Guevara away. So I really, I really thought it helped elevate him as well. You know, I, I, I agree with that very strongly. Um, I, 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 my, my favorite moment of the whole thing at the end was uh, – you know, Guevara's uh, hurt. He knows he's it's coming for him, and he puts up his middle finger at Omega, and still takes the V trigger right to the face. Yeah. Um, let's face it, man. Is there a more devastating uh, impact mover right now when you see uh, Omega do the V trigger? Like, holy crap! It looked like he was kneeing the crap out of people there last night. Yeah. It, it was pretty, pretty crazy. Um, yes, elevates Guevara to being a, a tough guy. You know, he's always kind of comes across as the as the uh, wussy little guy of the group, but he really showed tonight that he could take a beating. Um, and uh, Omega just had to keep up in his game, and it was nice to see that he can still up his game. So all in all, I thought it was good. Um, okay, let's go to the last part before we get it. The Chris Jericho-Matt Hardy face-off. <laughs> we start off, and fans, I'm going to describe this, and I'm going to let these guys get into it here. Uh, Starts off with uh, Chris Jericho comes out, and then the drone called Vanguard One flies into the ring in front of Jericho. Oh, I'm sorry, Jericho, I'm sorry before, you, before you go on, did you catch a Vanguard One giving us an update on Nick Jackson? Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. That, that was kind of interesting. <laughs> uh, I don't know. What did you guys think about that? About 
you know, it does this like look at Matt or Nick Jackson working out in his, uh, in his, in his garage. <laughs> and there's weird. like this, it was kind of like, it was analysis given it like, where can we get a drone that does that? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> the WPOV that drone. The WPOV drone. Why does it keep flying in the woman's locker room? We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we did see Chris Stratland. Anyways, um, what, <laughs> what a, uh, yes. Okay. That was a ridiculous thing. I'll give it, it was funny, ridiculous, but okay. So this is even weirder now. Chris Jericho's out there. There's no one else in the arena. It's all pitch dark. Mm-hmm. Vanguard one, the drone flies into the ring to which Chris Jericho makes an impassionate plea to Vanguard one itself to join, <laughs> telling him he'll get the most extra parts for his, uh, um, his propellers. And he can smoke some mechanical cigars that they'll make. And he'll look at girls in drone magazine monthly. And, <laughs> and he, he's actually treating the drone like it's a person. Then the drone flies off and Jericho gets mad. He's yelling, you son of a bitch, get back here. Mm -hmm. And then Matt Hardy appears. And okay, I'm sorry, guys. I don't know if this was slightly cool or if it was meant to be cool. But all I could do was laugh my head off when um, Matt Hardy just kept like appearing at different places across the arena. Let's go on. He's like, he's teleporting. They're even saying, oh, my God, what's going on? And somebody said, like, oh, it's a psycho powers. Is that what that is? Psycho powers? (laughs) It was just the most inane commentary going on in the background. And, uh, okay, it did give me the laugh of the night, though. When I'm going to say this now, guys, and you guys can disagree if you want. I was never a big fan of Broken Matt Hardy. And I thought all the stupid outdoor stuff with the drone and all that stuff was just kind of dumb to me. It didn't really do anything. So when they're going on about it and he's in there doing his crazy character and he's talking all the weird accents on things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then when he called uh, Chris Jericho, he said, you've always been a hole of the ass. <laughs> Holy smokes, did I start laughing. I, I never mean, heard anything funny. like that before. That was, what a great that way was... to swear on national television <laughs> and get away with it. Because <laughs> we all know what he meant. <laughs> okay, uh, Elio, tell me what was going through. Yeah, that, 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 that was, that was uh, the best part of this whole uh, segment because I've never heard anyone knows. I guess that's a, that's a, a cool way of uh, getting around the swearing on TV. Okay, but what, what, did you think, the, what did you think of the segment itself, though? The whole segment? Uh, the segment whole. itself uh, was okay. Uh, it seemed kind of like, with the whole trend teleporting all over the arena, it seemed mm-hmm. kind of like uh, kind of like WWE-style thing. With the, You know how Bray Wyatt always appears, reappears everywhere? Okay. Yeah. But he doesn't do quite the ridiculous flashing right. across the thing. Right. I thought, but okay, okay. But so I can see it? the comparison. Okay. Uh, and? What do you think of the segment, brother? I thought the segment was okay. Again, the highlight of that moment was the hold up the ass line, and then, <laughs> and, uh, and I even found this one too when there was a elite versus elite shout match between the two. It took me oh, yeah. back to the Ric Flair, Kurt Angle, Woo yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give you that one. I forgot about that. Or, or the Jay Lethal Ric Flair Woo. Yes, the Jay Lethal one. Oh my lord, that was great. Oh, wait, wait. Every time I see that one, I just like I, I sit there and I, say, I can't stop laughing when I see that one. I, I don't know, Ant. Uh, probably about six months ago, we ran an old interview I did with Jay Lethal, and we talked about the Ric Flair woo off. And he told me how I don't. You remember that, Elliot? It was like one yeah, of the funniest. Yeah. One of the, he said it was the funniest day of his life doing the woo off with Ric Flair. 
<laughs> but yes, the delete elite thing was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, all in all, guys, what did you think? Elio, first of all, how would you rate this show on a whole on our scale of A, B, C, D, E, or F? It was it was a bad show. It was uh, last week was more entertaining. I'm gonna go with the B on this one. All right, Anton. Much like Elio, last week's show was more entertaining. This week's show was good. I think what kept this show from, I guess, maintaining the grade that I gave it on last week was the fact that you had the crowd interaction secluded to a backstage area versus having them in the arena at the ring, mm-hmm. you know, sitting in ringside seats. I get, you know, like you say, you're trying to experiment and see what will and won't stick to the wall, but I think the best formula for AEW under this quarantine state that we're in is to have the heels and faces sitting ringside. Okay. How would you give it a, what kind of grade do you want to give it on yours this week? I, I give it a B. I'm sorry. I thought I was mentioning yep. that. Yep. I'll give it a flat B. Yep. Okay. Um, you know what? You guys, are, uh, I'm very good to agree with you on that one is that overall there was some good matches. Um, the Guevara Omega match was really pretty good. Um, but there was a flat feeling through the whole thing. And just because of, it really did make a difference having those people at the sides. Mm-hmm. So that gave it a little bit of energy. That energy wasn't there this week. So it didn't feel to me as solid as the show was last week. I'm going to go with a B minus just because uh, nothing was super great. There was a few dumb things that really pulled it down for me. I'm sorry, but I've never been a fan of the broken Matt Hardy. I like Matt Hardy's wrestling, but the whole characterization thing is pretty stupid. And I really hate the, the uh, drone. It's not a thing for me. Um, So, yeah, uh, let's see. We don't know what next week holds. Every week, uh, it seems to be going further and further. Um, You know, we were supposed to, you know, what if if there had not been um, this whole thing going on right now, and do you know what we would have been covering today? Blood and guts. That's right. They canceled the whole blood and guts thing. (laughs) Who knows when that's going to come back, and how is that going to look when we have to wait longer and longer as the storylines fade out? I mean, you can only be long (laughs) angry for so long. Yeah. be interesting to see how this is dealt with. Um, no fans. Uh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. That I do have in reference to blood and guts. Whenever yeah. you know this whole pandemic passes, we would think Nick Nick Jackson would be healed by then. Exactly. To participate in said match. So then, where does that leave Matt Hardy and his involvement in the fight with the elite against? Good question. Uh, very good question. And I, I got to admit, I'm very curious myself because, yeah. I mean. They already showed him working out and looking better. So obviously, if this is like, if we don't get back for another three or four weeks, there's no excuse for him not to be in there. Mm -hmm. So unless they do a thing with Adam Page finally turning on them or leaving and have him fill the space. But we'll have to see. Now, fans, uh, we talk every week with Ant. Ant is also very much involved in the MMA uh, circuit world where he watches and analyzes and has lots of work that he does within that world. And we're proud to announce, and actually, Ant, I'm going to let you announce it. Announce to the fans who may not have read the things or saw our updates. People who listen to this show, tell them what you're going to be doing coming up and when. Ladies and gentlemen of WPOV Nation, POV Network is proud to present a forthcoming venture. 
featuring Rick Serrano, Tony Diaz, and hosted by me called Mixed Martial Arts Point of View Podcast. This weekly episodic show will cover the fastest growing sport in existence featuring such segments as news, interviews, pay-per-view predictions, and recaps. We will have a pay-per-view points game. There will be an MMA pay-per-view vault for, you know, I guess, matches that we consider match of the year candidates and who knows what else. So please join us if everything works out and there are no more cancellations on April 12th as we bring you mixed martial arts from our point of view. Well, there you go, fans. You can find all these things on Facebook at Wrestling POV Podcast page. You can find it on iHeart's Radio, iTunes, and Podbean, and Spotify. Don't forget the good old Spotify. And uh, if you want to write in and tell us any uh, comments, any questions, anything you want, Elio, tell the good people where they can write to. All right, Wrestling POV Podcast on Facebook. Wrestling POV one on Instagram and Wrestling POV on Twitter. Now, folks, also, if you've turned into the show from another view besides Facebook, feel free to join our Facebook page. Join the likes. Help us build WPOV into an even bigger community. Yeah, when it, we're, we're working on 10,000. We already passed 5,000. That's right. And you know what? The bigger, the more of you that get involved, the bigger we can get, the more things that we can do, the more we're here for you guys. Remember... This community and this show is based on, for you guys, it's our point of views to share with you, the fellow people. We want to hear what your point of views are. Now, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we get back, we are going to talk a little bit of MLW. We're going to talk a little bit of uh, NXT UK. And, uh, well, I'm going to try not to be such a hole of the ass as I usually am. (laughs) And we'll talk to you next week, brother. Thanks, gentlemen. Looking forward to it. Uh, Hey, folks, did you know that there is a sister podcast to us? There is a, a podcast out there called Wrestling POV, not global, just Wrestling POV. And it covers all the stuff that goes on in the WWE. They go through SmackDown, Raw, NXT, and uh, sometimes they take a, pick, a little peek at AEW to see what uh, how NXT and AEW are matching up against each other. But they're an interesting, very comical show. Uh, they take a, <clears throat> a very lighthearted but knowledgeable look at what's going on in WWE. And it's all POV. It's all point of views. We've got four different point of views there. We have host Tony Diaz, who's a former professional wrestler. We have Rick Serrano III, who's a super fan. We have Mimi Goody, who gives us the perspective of a woman. And for the pure comedy aspect, we have Miguel Cole, who is, yes, a sock puppet. So take that for what it's worth, folks. You can find them every Saturday on the same networks that you're finding us on. And currently... If you go to prowrestlingtees.com backslash uh, wrestling POV podcast, you are going to find t-shirts available for wrestling POV, uh, four exciting colors, four exciting designs. Check them out, buy them, help support us. And who knows if we get enough going, maybe we can start pushing for some global t-shirts. Hey fans, welcome back. Uh, Glad you stuck with us. This is your host, the legend T. James Logan, with me, my co-host, Elio Canella. Our third co-host uh, at The Liberated has logged off, and uh, we'll talk with him next week. And uh, now that he's got a little more time, maybe we'll see if we can get a little uh, MLW NXT UK stuff out of him. That'll be fun. That would be fun. So anyways, you know what, fans? Let's take a look this week's uh, episode of WWE NXT UK. <laughs> your highlight of this episode my friend Elio okay so NXT UK um, this week uh, was just I kind of I liked uh, the opening match it was like uh, Kaylee Ray versus Danny Luna um of course Kaylee Ray uh won with the gory bomb 
And then um, she attacked Luna, which brought Piper and Niven out. So we know that that we can already know that's the next program. Even though okay. I still think that Tony Storm, they're going to put her in there somewhere. I, I really enjoyed this match a lot. Um, Danny Luna, I, I didn't expect her to win against the champion. Right. But she did put up a pretty good showing, which shows me that maybe down the road, she's going to be somebody that they give a chance to elevate a little bit. Now, now, now see, um, we already know from the I Quit match, Tony Storm doesn't get a championship match ever again as long as Kaylee Ray holds the belt. Right. This is a loophole. Right here. This is where the loophole. She doesn't have to pin Kaylee Ray. If she pins Piper Niven, she she becomes the new champion. But you're saying that is if they set up a triple threat match. That's what I'm saying. What could happen but, at Takeover? But if the stipulation says she can never get a title shot at uh, Kaylee Ray, then she basically logistically means she shouldn't be in a three way either because she's getting a shot then at the champion. Because it doesn't say she can't wrestle the champion. It says right. she can't have a title shot at the champion. A three-way would definitely still be her getting a title shot. I think, which would be my pick for to, to do the Tony Storm thing, would okay. be that Tony Storm helps Piper Niven win the belt and then screws over Piper Niven the next week or whatever to take the belt. Yeah, this is okay. Yeah. Okay, but, but then yeah. again, sometimes logic and the WWE don't walk hand in hand. Well, remember, maybe... logic and uh, WWE doesn't use logic. They throw nope. logic out the window. Yep. Screw that logic bullshit. <laughs> We're doing what we want. We're going to put smiles on faces. Anyways. Uh. <laughs> All right. Uh, so um, Joseph Connors versus Rich Holland. Uh, well, we already, we already seen Rich Holland. Um, Joseph Connors, I don't know. I'm kind of liking this guy now. What all I could think about was as we watched is that Rich Holland is so boring that he made Joseph Connors look interesting. <laughs> he is absolutely boring, Rich Holland. That dude needs to get a personality somewhere because he just comes off as really effing boring. And uh, I don't see a lot in this guy. Oh, I mean, so okay, no, I shouldn't say that. He looks like a great wrestler. He's got a great build, but he's got to do something because he's got zero personality and he's got very rudimentary skills. Okay, my, my uh, low lights, the main event, Gallows uh, versus Mastiff, Flash Morgan Webster, and uh, Trent Seven, which is an odd pairing. Okay. Um, why was it a low light for you, buddy? Um, it basically, like uh, what, we, what we've been saying about Dave Mastiff, you know, like he's out of the book, of course, but uh, still, I, I'm still against this guy. Like it, yeah. that, that was a good series that he had with Joe Coffey in that last man standing match. But other than that, okay, um, I'm not going to put that as a low light for me. Uh, it wasn't a great highlight. It was sort of in between. I did like the fact that it really showcased how Gallus can wrestle as a three-man combo. Mm -hmm. They did a hell of a lot of triple uh, team maneuvers in there that were pretty yep. impressive. Um, I was very surprised that Flash Morgan Webster had so much offense in the very beginning of the match. He seemed like he was taking on all three of them for a little bit before he slipped up, which really surprised me. And um, I have and I have one more low light. Sure. Cassius Ono and Kenny Williams. <laughs> okay, I'm going to totally agree that as my low light because it just didn't work this match for me, you know? Especially such a discrepancy in size. And, uh, mm -hmm. I mean, Williams is just so small to begin with. Ono yep. is just about bigger than everybody except maybe Walter on the whole, Walter on the whole thing. But, uh, yeah, that match did not work for me. Um, also wasn't a big fan of Noam Dar coming out and uh, interfering with A-Kid. I thought Ugh. that was, was kind of dumb. And that leads um, to their match next week. 
Um, what I'm curious about is Tyler Bate being laid out, if somehow they're going to work that into being, um, uh, he was the main event last week. Uh, I can see him, Finn Bauer. Oh. You know, maybe Finn, because him and Finn had that kind of face-off at the end. And he also uh, asked, asked, for Johnny, Johnny, asked for a match uh, from Johnny Saint and Sid Scala, yes. So that'll be interesting to see. Um, two weeks they're going to, I don't know, hopefully they get in this battle world or if it's been done already, because if it hasn't, I don't think we're going to see it for a little while. I honest. think this one's already been done. Oh, I hope so, because right now the numbers in England are looking terrible for uh, infected people. So mm -hmm. if it hasn't been done, then um, mm -hmm. yikes. Uh, my highlight definitely of the match was, like I said, the Danny Luna, um, Kaylee Ray. It was nice to see Danny Luna get uh, some offensive. I like the fact how powerful she is, but she doesn't look unfeminine. Sometimes mm -hmm. uh, wrestlers tend to have to look either really large like Piper Niven or look overly muscular to get in the superpower moves. Yep. And she got in some really good power moves and she doesn't look like, oh, you know, you're unattractive. You know, I'm not trying to say unattractive. I'm just trying to say she doesn't look like an overly build big girl, but she sometimes wrestles like one. And I like that about Danny Luna. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to say this, and I know you're going to probably disagree with me. Um, Nina Samuels gave not that horrible of a uh, interview this week. Um, definitely Ginny is the shit pile of worse. No, actually, uh, that one, uh, that one's her uh, promo this week was pretty cool. I actually, I think I missed uh, that, that part on, on my uh, write-up. On your review? Okay. Yeah. Um, it wasn't... Uh, it wasn't that bad. Now, folks, what he's talking about is every week, Elio writes a wrestling point of view, a literary point of view mm -hmm. of MLW, or sorry, NXT UK. I do the MLW. He does the NXT UK <laughs> one. You can find that usually every Sunday or Monday morning. Probably Sunday morning. I think. Sundays. It's yeah. either Sundays or uh, Tuesdays if there's a pay-per-view on the Sunday. Yeah. So you'll find his... Um, NXT UK write-up, and uh, he goes through the shows, and you'll get a, a first-hand look at what his grade is. How would you rate uh, this week's... You know, I'm so, looking here, you didn't rate it this week. I Ooh. didn't rate it, but you know what? I'm going to go with a B on this week. You know what? I'm going to agree. Uh, it, was, it wasn't horrible, and it wasn't great. It was mm -hmm. good, though. So I'm going to give it, uh, just on the strength of the women's match alone, and yep. Joseph Connors making Rich Holland not What's going bad. on? We're fans of Joseph Connors. Um, I didn't go that far. And uh, <laughs> oh, Gallus. Okay. Gallus. I went a bit further than you. Yeah, you totally did. And Gallus uh, looking, I still think, though, Joe Coffey looks extremely stupid in that white thing he wears to the ring. The plastic bathrobe's got to go, but you look like an idiot. <laughs> hey, uh, wait, 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 wait. Should the plastic bathrobe go in the book? Um, if I see it one more week, yes. Okay, let's give it one more week. Give it one more week. Next time I see that, we'll give, we'll give it till the next time he shows up. And take a look at him, and then we'll decide. Because uh, right now, I'm right on the edge of it. And I don't think it's going to be much to, to throw me off. All right, so let's take a look at this week's MLW Fusion. Now, you watched this. What was your um, highlights? I did watch. I did watch this. Yes, my highlight was Zenshi versus Lindemann. Wow. Why? Uh like we like like we've been seeing that Zenshi's just fun to watch in the ring. Yell Lindemann. Uh, I'm not a fan of Yell Lindemann at all. Okay. Um, and I and I did like uh, the L.A. Park uh, vignette. <laughs> Folks, we're gonna get into that one second. Okay. Um, I'm gonna disagree because I put. Uh, 
L. Lindemann and Zenshi as my low light of the day okay. because L. Lindemann, he's five foot three. He's comically small. Zenshi's good, but he's being once he jobbed out to a guy who's technically a midget or a little person. I don't know what you call him, but L. Lindemann is comically ridiculously small to be fighting regular wrestlers. And Zenshi, despite all his great uh, maneuvers, despite all of his great uh, effort, gets jobbed out once again. So I was not too happy with that. Um, gonna say totally loved the LA, uh, the LA Park cooking segment. Yeah. Uh, Cucina de Pendejo. <laughs> We're not even gonna explain to you fans what that means. You go ask your Spanish friends what Pendejo Look means. Look it up. Google I, it. I don't think you can get, I don't know if, that, well, go ahead. Google it, or at least look in uh, Urban Dictionary. Um, <laughs> uh, it was a, at first I thought, what a really ridiculously weird idea to have L.A. Park come out and uh, do this um, cooking segment. Yep. But it ended up being something pretty darn funny, despite the fact they didn't really have to go crazy with it. And that's what made it cool. Uh, imagine, if you will, now L.A. Park's dressed all in his usual gear, but wearing an apron that says, don't yeah. the skinny cook. And then next to him is his son, uh, El Hijo de Los Angeles Park. And he's wearing a... Uh, an apron, and they decide they're going to cook huevos and chorizo, or sausage and eggs, okay? Okay. So uh, he comes out with his frying pans, and as he's talking, he's, you know, breaking eggs and scrambling them. But the whole time he's talking, it's being translated across the bottom. Yeah. And the whole half, the first half of this thing, he is just subtly saying how his son is handsome, and he's so glad that he got a chance to do a cooking show for such a great wrestling company like MLW. And he kept kind of praising MLW, and then halfway through it, he starts getting annoyed at about the lack of cooking utensils, and the, the lack of like other things like onions and a cutting board. And then he starts cursing out MLW, and by the end, he's saying how much he hates this crappy company. <laughs> And how they're, they're crap and blah, blah, blah. And how he, all he wants is his goddamn cutting board. <laughs> and then he just pretty much flips his stuff and walks out and storms out. <laughs> it should have been horribly stupid, but it was pretty darn yeah. funny and engaging. And I actually dug it. I don't want to see it again. It better not be like a regular feature. But for this one week, it worked good. And, and that's some good writing. I hope they come up with other vignettes that aren't the same, but are in the same vein. Mm -hmm. um, what else did you have? What would you say? Okay, my highlight? Oh, geez, I'm trying to think here. Um, I'm going to go with my highlight being, um, I'm going to go with Mance Warner. And, no, no, no. I was going to say Mance, but then I realized, that, no, this is really tough. Uh, I'm going to say even under duress because it was kind of flat was uh, Filthy Dojo versus um, Davy Boy Smith Jr., Killer Cross, and Russ and Marshall Von Eric. Now, last week I wrote my column how they came out and said that, you know, they were going to, um, they wanted a six-man or an eight-man match and all this. And we know that Killer Cross had only been there one night. But under further investigation, it, it was this case, and they, they, this is how sometimes smaller companies, even NXT does this, because they tape matches ahead, and MLW tapes matches ahead. What we got here wasn't a whole new week as they pretended it was. What basically happened is this eight-man match occurred right after last week's very short Killer Cross Tom Lawler match. Now, we didn't get to see that. Said they packaged it as two different matches on two different days, but they're still in Philadelphia in the same crowd. Okay. Okay. So we did get to find the see Killer Cross. Um, you know, uh, the Von Erics, he did a promo with the Von Erics in the beginning. The Von Erics, 
just sounding crappy. That, 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 that promo was terrible, especially at yeah, Killer Crosses, when they got Killer Cross, his was just weird. Yeah, I mean, his was like, you would expect like a 12-year-old wrote it. You're stinky, <laughs> that, that, you're that, poopy, <laughs> you're blah, blah, blah. Never was, cross a killer, okay. Yeah, yeah um, <laughs> and Davy Boy Smith, I know he's still working on it, but I he just comes off sometimes when he's being super tough guy that he's reading lines, you know? Wait till we uh, kick you in the ass. <laughs> okay. Sorry, Davey. <laughs> but uh, their match was okay, okay, compared to some of the other matches on the card, which is, you know what? It's a weird idea when I'm uh, wishing that we had more injustice. <laughs> you know? Um, I, I want to address my low light, okay? My low light of this whole thing. And I wrote it in my column, okay? I said, we knew it was Philadelphia. We knew that Matt Warner is going to attack, and they're going to bring some old ECW pile of crap. Up. I was waiting for Tommy Dream. Oh, so was I, and I was going to be so <laughs> mad. And then watching this, I almost, ugh, after seeing what Meanie, the blue meanie was wearing, with all no. that fat hanging out everywhere, I can't at least, believe he still like does that. Too. At least, at least Tommy Dreamer has the uh, decency to hide his fat <laughs> under his crappy clothes. So, um, terrible match, terrible match, with with the no sense whatsoever ending where Matt Warner actually spits in the face of Holiday as he's going in for the 20 count, mm-hmm. causes him to lose as the referee sees this and still allows Blue Meanie to win. Makes no sense. That stuff like this that just angers you as a, as a longtime wrestling fan. Um, um, at least they're going forward with the Matt Warner um, Dynasty. Dynasty feud. Yep. Um, like I said, was not a fan of Al Lindemann and uh, I love Senshi, but well, it's gonna it's gonna be that case of if you keep making him lose every week, I'm not gonna love him after a while. Yeah. He's just gonna be the jumper. He's gonna be the um, the jobber who jumps around a lot. You know, they, they haven't quite uh, butchered and bladed him yet, but God, I hope that doesn't happen. Okay, what was your low light of this, buddy? Yeah, um, first of all, uh, like that, like I was saying, like we were saying that uh, promo with uh, Killer Cross and uh, Ron Eriks and Baby Boy. Um, but my my little like was just that uh, the Blue Meanie one. That was that was disgusting. That match, I can't believe. It. Well, yeah, like when 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 Blue Meanie came out, I just ran up. I'm like, I'm done. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> and and let's face it, Richard Holiday isn't like a chicken shit heel. I mean, the guy can wrestle. He's a big dude, and he was supposed to carry that fat tub of lard to a reasonable match, and he couldn't do it, okay? It was mm-hmm. all trickery and all ridiculousness. It was the only thing that made Meany have any chance with this dude. Um, all in all, it was a middle-of-the-road uh, card for me, and I'm going to give it a B-. minus. No, I'm going to go with the B- as well. This this wasn't it wasn't bad, but it wasn't necessarily fun. It that that LA Park segment is what made this week uh, fun. Yeah, it really was. It really was. And uh, props to um, you know, props to um, I'm trying to think really hard here. I mean, we got King Mo. Man, that guy sucks ass. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm just looking over this, trying so badly to look find something that would make me go, oh man, props to that. Not very much here. Not very much here. We we are gonna get to see um MGF and Mance Warner. Yes. I forgot about that. They did announce that they're going and hey, who would have ever thought this would happen? An empty arena match. What? There's <laughs> a new concept. This week that it's a norm now, but <laughs> I, okay. You see what you did though? This is a new concept, empty arena match. What? <laughs> uh, I don't know. So you know what? Um have you wrote down our – this is very confusing because all of our scores came in very close to each other, I think, uh, looking at 
looking at uh, this week's what we've put. I mean, I'm pretty sure. Let's see. I gave a B minus to MLW. I had to I revise a, uh, the the scores because I think uh, something got messed up when I was adding things up. Okay. Well, I do know on my half, I gave MLW a B minus. I gave uh, AEW. Uh, did I give it a B or a B minus? Do you have it a B. Okay, a B, and I gave UK a B, so I've got two ties there. What did you give MLW? I give it a B minus. And what did you give UK? A B. And what did you give AEW? Uh, the B as well, so it's tied with the AEW and UK. Okay. Um, in your heart, both of us at the same time, let's think. What do you feel was the show you enjoyed watching more? I'm going to go with UK. Yeah, UK. Okay, let's give, the, let's give the kid, let's give the, just by an inch, just by a little bit of an inch. I'm going to go with UK. All right. So UK gets the two points. Two points to UK. One, one point to, to AEW. AEW and MLW scores the goose egg this week. All right. So let's see the totals. We had 14 for NXT to UK, so that puts them up at, to 16. Okay. Um. So MLW stays at eight, and AEW moves to nine. Perfect. All right. So that's our look at this week's shows. You know what? I wanted to talk quickly, really quickly about some funny things that I picked up this week that I didn't mention on the big show about AEW. Um, I found it very weird. Tony Schiavone doing uh, the bulk of the announcing with first he started off with Kenny Omega and then he did the rest with Cody Rhodes. Did you notice how he kept calling, he kept talking and he'd be like, what do you, don't you agree with that? Kenny Omega. And he like dropped Kenny Omega's name like 20 times in the one match. Uh, I found that really excessively bizarre and funny. Like, he couldn't just say, oh, what do you think, Kenny? He'd be like, don't you agree, Kenny Omega? Oh, yes, Kenny Omega. I see what you mean, Kenny Omega. What do you think of that, Kenny Omega? It's just like, <laughs> okay, do you think he's sitting with Kenny Omega? <laughs> <laughs> the, um, the, I follow AEW on Instagram, mm-hmm. and apparently they said, like, every, every time Quiddy Bro drops, like, a subtle, like, can't, like, you take a drink like they, they made a drinking game out of Cody Rhodes's uh, commentary. That. <laughs> um, here's the other thing which I forgot to point out last week. Um, we give Jim Ross sometimes a lot of shit for some of the goofy stuff he says. Um, what I do like is when Jim Ross makes fun of things and sometimes people don't catch it. Last week uh, there was a time when there was a bunch of guys all uh, congregating out and somebody did uh, one of the Maybe it was the Jurassic Park. I'm just kidding. Jurassic Express guys. I think it was uh, um, Jungle Jungle. What the hell's his name? Jungle Jack. No. Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy, Jack. Jungle, Boy. <laughs> Jungle Boy goes to do a move off the top rope, and he nails three of them standing there. And Jr's like, "Well, that was pretty lucky that all three of them just happened to be standing there at that moment." <laughs> that was some sarcastic, funny um, Jr. And nobody caught it. <laughs> no, his co-hosts didn't catch it at all. But he was so 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 sarcastically funny. Yeah, wow, it's a pretty darn good thing. All three of them just happened to be standing there. <laughs> <laughs> Loved it. Uh, we, we we give too much crap, Jr. Now, wrestling fans, you know what? Uh, the show is going on. I know a lot of you. I know me and Elio have been stuck in isolation for for the last while. And my days have been um, bleeding into each other because I don't know what days what anymore. Either do I, either do I. And you know what, folks? I have tried my best to keep an upper lip here, try and send out positivity. It, it'd be really easy to, to complain and say how horrible things are and, and just bitch about it. 
But the thing is, this is something that's unprecedented in my lifetime and in Elio's mm-hmm. lifetime and probably anyone who's ever listened to the show's lifetime. This is a weird time for us. We've never been in something that's affected our livelihoods and our worlds to this extent ever. And it's hard. And right now, you know what? Sure, we're all at home and we have groceries right now and we have heat and we have water. But if this thing keeps going on, how much longer till our money starts drying up? How much longer till the food starts getting a little bit stretchy? Mm-hmm. Not sure. I do know, though, the isolation is the hard part. I spend a lot of my day at home. My wife works in the healthcare sector, so she's still a frontline worker and she's out there working every day. I spend a lot of time at home now and I try and find things to... Uh, the first couple of days is like, oh, I can catch up on some wrestling. Oh, I can catch up on some music. Oh, I can catch up on something, right? But it's been 10 days now. You can only watch so much wrestling, though. You can only watch so much of anything. Yeah. And not being able to see my coworkers, not being able to see yeah. my friends, not getting a hug from a friend that you see all the time, not being able to stand next to a coworker and tell them a joke and look in their eyes and see them smile. Mm-hmm. You really start to miss those sort of things. And it's very easy to almost want to fall into despair. I've been trying to spend my time as much as I can, as hard as it can be at times, to try and push out positivity to my friends and family around me. I've been spending as much time every day. I've probably spent at least two, three hours on uh, Facebook, just sending messages to friends saying, hey, I'm here for you, buddy. Don't worry about anything. You know, you get down, you get whatever. Don't be sad. This is going to be, this is, things won't, we're not all going to die. We're going to make this out. We're going to be better. The phone rings, the phone rings every day here, multiple times. Yeah. And, and, And here's the thing, you know, this is our chance. And I think this is what's going to happen. It's going to get darker. It's going to get harder. It's going to wear on us. But this is going to make us better people. I especially believe uh, looking at our government has not always been the best. We've complained a lot here in Canada, me and Elio, and we know that we've, we've seen it, you know, but I honestly believe as Canadians, as North Americans, as people of this world, we're all going to get together more. We're going to start and we're going to come out of this as a better appreciation for each other. Mm-hmm. And we're going to take this opportunity. And every time that I think Elio is going to be feeling down, I'm going to tell him, hey, Elio, you're not down, buddy. I'm your friend. I love you and I'm here for you, buddy. Don't you ever forget that. And that goes for all of you fans out there. You guys have really, you've been there for us and we're here for you guys. You know, we want you guys to know that it may get darker and it may seem darker and it may seem like this isn't ever going to end. It may seem like our lives are changed forever, but we are going to rise out of this and we're going to treat each other better. We're going to be better for each other. We're going to stop hoarding things. We're going to stop <laughs> dicks to each other. Stop we're, doing that. Yeah, we're going to start supporting each other because I believe human nature is for the better. So take that time, Elio. Take that time, brother. Go on your Facebook thing and just drop a note to an old friend. Say, hey, just thinking about you, hoping things are going better. Let people know that in all the darkness, we're going to be the candles that keep lighting the light everywhere so folks thank you for tuning in this week we're going to keep going with this show maybe next week there won't be new wrestling to, well we know there's still a couple weeks of aid of mlw you know there's a couple weeks of uk out there we don't know how long AEW is going to be able to stretch out their things but we're going to do this guys we're going to keep the show going even if it comes down to in a month where me and elio are just sitting here talking top 10 lists about whatever bullshit we can find to make you guys smile and hey top 10 lists i like top 10 lists Today's my top 10 list. Tell you was the top 10 lists of top 10 lists we've done. Uh, number nine, three weeks ago when we did. <laughs> but here's a chance to fans right into us. I'm curious of all of you write in something positive, something about wrestling, something about your life, something about you and the people around you. Just write in positive to us. I'd love to see. If you're going to comment, mm-hmm. don't say wrestling sucks. I don't care. Yeah. 
that kind of sucks because we are wrestling guys, okay? If you really need to just talk to one of us, by all means, like, I don't know, find us somehow on Facebook, find us somewhere else, you know, uh, and talk to us personally. But, uh, you know, don't put down wrestling on the page and then try and talk. I mean, that's sort of ridiculous, okay? So, folks, all of you around the world, right now I'm thinking of a special, uh, the people in Italy, the people in uh, India, and the UK who are getting extremely hit hard by this. We're there for you people, man. The world has become a smaller place and we all realize we're in this, we're in this together. And we'll get out of this together. Elio, always a treat talking to you, my friend. We will talk soon again uh, in a couple of days, probably just the two of us on, on this thing, bullshitting about whatever. But uh, right. thanks, for, thanks for being on the show this week. Uh, thanks for your point of view. Um, you must have been drunk when you wrote your ten, top 10 <laughs> list. I, I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> I don't know, but I'm going to post it. We're going to post it, man, and you're going to have to live with the bullshit you said. <laughs> 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 anyway, folks, uh, have yourself a good night. Elio, say good night to the good people. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we'll talk to you all next week.